describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. What are we doing Sage Advice, Dan? Sage Advice is the segment of the show in which one of us reads questions from the Sage Advice column of Dragon Magazine to the other, and we determine whether the other is sagacious and knows the answer. And in, we alternate, and you are asking me questions this time around, and I am, I am ready. All right. Uh, if some of these are somewhat of a repeat. Because again, we're, you know what happened later in life, uh, later in life, later in the Dragon magazines, the sage advice became less and less common. Mm. Like apparently everyone had, uh, everyone had all the answers. No one had any more questions after a certain time because there was no more sage advice. Right. Or no one decided, you know what, you guys can figure it out yourself. So I, this, is a, this, is, this first trick question is sort of a trick question. And I will let you know who is, and uh, Gene Wells is the responder. To I love Gene Wells. That's why I've picked it. So I'm going to pick some, and I don't believe we've done these. What, roughly, do you know what year we're talking? Sure. 1979. Oh, wow. I went way back. You did. Okay, let's do it. Uh, November of 79. Wow. In Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, how much damage do bows do? I remember Gene Wells' answers. Well, I guess you could hit arrows do damage. Bows, I guess you could maybe treat it like a club or maybe one to two. I mean, attacking someone with a bow, I'd say one to That's two points of damage. That's why I figured you this question. I love Gene Wells, right? She's funny. So uh, you were correct bow, in some ways. Answer, none. Bows do not do damage. Arrows do. She's being a smart aleck. However... If you hit someone with a bow, I would say it probably does one to four points. And then That's a ren- lot. renders the bow completely useless for firing. Wow. Okay. Right. What the bow do is allow a greater variety of ranges. All the damage done by arrows is the same. That's Why would someone write in with that question? Did they not realize that? So, okay, let's go to the PHB. So where are missile weapons? Is missile weapon damage it's on? Is it on the same chart? It's in the chart below it. It's below. Is that oh, no, I'm sorry. The arrows are in the weapon thing. The, the ranges and the armor class adjustments on a separate chart. So, yeah, arrow. Why is he... So, was this person looking up bow? Right. And, and they're not it. finding it? Correct. And they didn't realize go to arrow or to... Right. That's my guess. Okay. It's 1979. Young. Right. I understand. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Very odd to I've me. I've done stupid things. Um, I like this one. This one's one of my favorite. Uh, where is it? And if we have if we answer, I still love this one. The fact, uh, the fact that the guy mentions his uh, town. In our town of Terre Haute. Oh, is that where Larry Bird was from? No, he's from French Lick. Yes, but Terre Haute, Indiana. There is an eighth, there is an eighth level paladin. There, <laughs> that's great. That's great. I love it. That has a favorite saying, repent or die. I love it. On one occasion, he pulled back the arm of a captured orc, placed a ring, put, placed a ring of regeneration on his finger, and then ripped his face off. When the orc's face healed, he would do it again. He says he has a valid right to do this because torture was very much a part of the Inquisition. He's saving the orc's soul. This raises two questions, just two. 
Wait, wait, wait. What did you? Okay, so tell me what he does again, because that was he's saving his soul. What, what did he do? So on one occasion, this yeah. paladin, yeah. the paladin, the eighth level paladin in Terre Haute, yeah. don't have a name. He puts on a ring of regeneration on the orc and then rips his face off. Once the orc's face is healed, he would do it again. He says he had, as he's saying, repent or die. He says he has the valid right to do this because torture was very much a part of the Inquisition and he's saving the orc's soul. Oh, so, to, so if he repents, so he's torturing him into repenting. Right. And then when he repents, he will go to, he thinks he's saving his. Right, so I assume he'll kill him after that, but he doesn't say that part. Wait, but, but they don't have souls. Orcs have spirits. Well, that's... that's separate. Uh, Oops. Can I ask the question? Paladin's bad. Sorry. First, is the paladin still a paladin? And if he is, is he changed forever? Those are the questions. That is a good question. Does it even... Does, the paladin, is, it, is this guy in Terre Haute who's running the paladin stupid? That's the bigger question. But that's... Tell your friend he's no longer a paladin. Um, I think he's not a paladin anymore. Right. It's unpaladin-like behavior. I... I, I don't think paladins should be torturing. I think the answer to that is no. Not a paladin anymore. That is my final answer. Okay. Inform the paladin he's not one anymore. His new alignment is now lawful evil. Now, that's very interesting. Because... Oh, yeah, he'll never be a paladin. Well, yes. Well, no, he can go on a quest. Or yeah, paladins tend to frown upon torture of any kind for any reason and would not let it be done in their presence, let alone do it themselves. Good... And the process of law must be followed. Everything a paladin does must obey the laws of good and therefore ensure that all are treated fairly and just. Brand, a lot of cruel and heartless things have been done in the name of religion, but that doesn't mean that it was good or right. Men have always done strange things, even for stranger reasons. For the paladin to have tortured the orc was an evil act, and therefore he has given up the right to be a paladin. I suggest he is not be allowed to regain it either, but if you decide to let him make, him, make sure the quest is long, hard, and nearly impossible to accomplish. And that goes this whole torture issue. I mean, can the pound and torture the orc to get information from the orc to save the maiden? The right. good maiden? Exactly. Probably. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a DM prerogative. Right. I would say yes. Yeah, well, what is torture? We had, you know, yeah. Is there a legal brief on that? And lawful, and lawful is, well, what's the law? Right, if he goes to the cleric, who's part of the Office of Legal Counsel, right. and, get, and he gets a letter saying that's fine to do, he's an, following the law. An opinion letter. Right. Right, exactly. Well, or if the cleric's standing behind him of the same deity and goes, eh, yeah, it's okay. Well, it's entitled to a fair amount of deference. Right. Okay. Um, but you bring up good, more interesting points. One, the orc doesn't have a soul. It has a spirit. Correct. They're also lawful evil. They are, in this edition, there is no, they cannot be, they're non-repentive. They are evil by default. Okay, so, okay. so what if the, look, the orc's getting tired of his face. I, I would be tired of getting my face ripped off. <laughs> right. So at a certain point, I'm just going to mouth the words, I repent. Right. Does this change? Because, uh, look, I want to go to, I want to go to hell and fight in the spirit army. Right. Against the goblin spirits. Right. Right. Serving Grumsh. Right. Am I jeopardizing that by saying I repent? Yeah. You think I am? Like, you're Grumsh. And I repent, well, you're, you're a minion of Grumps. Right. Because he doesn't handle this stuff. Yeah. So, and, and you know, you know all. You know I said I repent because I was tired of getting my face ripped off. Right. And then there, am I coming to hell? Is my spirit, where am I so going? this is a very, that's a very good, interesting, uh, that's a very good point. Because, on the one hand, if your intent was to go to hell, and they knew your intent, then you would think it would be okay. Right. I was just saying the word. I wasn't actually right. repenting. Right. I, didn't, I had my fingers I, crossed. That's right. I didn't believe it, and clearly you knew that. I wanted to go to hell. I was doing whatever I could to go to hell. Okay, but yeah, well, and listen. Hell in, in italics. And I'm repenting under duress. Right. Doesn't really, to repent, it doesn't need to be voluntary. I mean, it's a win-win for everyone. The paladin feels like he saved a soul that's not a soul, because mm -hmm. he's stupid. The orc gets to hell and fights in the spirit army. In the ever unending battle between the goblins and the orc. Yeah. I think, I think he would get a pass. Now, if in some way through this torturous process, there was a way for his soul to be, or spirit to be converted, well, then that would be a different story. But if it's impossible, then it's who cares? Yeah. And as an evil person, evil creature, they'd be like, I'll oh, say whatever you want. Yeah. Get what I want. Because so where I would you go? I mean, right. if I'm not going to hell, where am I going? Am I going yeah. to... Limbo? Limbo, maybe. No, Limbo's... 
something else? Some of those like static neutral or no? Oh, okay. Where where's is there like just a wait waiting place? Well, there's not a wait. There's really not a waiting place per se. But there's less evil or a different type of right. evil. Not really. Um, right. Not really the abyss, but it could be oh, arcade. Not is it Arcadia the one that's neutral evil. Anyway. My God, I could go to lawful neutral. Oh, you could go to Nirvana. With the more drones. You are that, is that. There's all these. There's all these people. Are you the? Yeah, repent or die. Yeah, repent or die. So, but then it brings up the whole that she decreed in her ruling that he is immediately lawful evil. But in the DMG, it says when you change alignment, unless it's a magical thing, you cannot go from you cannot move two alignments right away. If I remember correctly. Okay. You want to look that up? What quickly. am I looking? You know what I'm talking about? No. You, you, you're just nodding emphatically to yes, correct. Monster Manual. I'm assuming DMG. Under alignment. Got it. All right, that's early on. Well, I have to look that up. It's early on, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the... It's, it's, you're supposed to be tracking alignment, blah, 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 blah. No, but so that's... Okay. Right, so that's movement. All right, alignment is 20... Changing alignment. 320... Yeah, yeah, let me see. Alignment. Yeah, it's not telling me changing. Oh, wait. no, no, no. Let me get my book. Yeah. And all this other crap. I didn't, bring, I didn't bring my book. Book. Not my original. Right. So graphing alignment. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. You, you, every DM yeah. is supposed to be graphing the, the right. player's alignment. So hopefully before this. So in other words, so what you're saying is when I say I repent. So you're saying when I say I repent, I'm not acting within my alignment. No, you go under changing alignment. So first of all, you're supposed to be graphing it to keep track of it. But then changing alignment, if I recall. Oh, there it is. Yeah, page 25. I recall uh, next to last paragraph, a glance at the alignment chart will show that radical alignment change is impossible without magical means. If one is chaotic good, it's possible to change to neutral good or chaotic neutral only, depending on the desire or actions. From an absolute, one can move to some neutral base alignment. This represents the fact that character must divorce him, him or herself from certain precepts and views and wholly embrace other set of values. And human nature is such that without radical personality alterations, such as insanity or magic, such transaction must be gradual. So my point of all this is that she says he would be lawful evil, but per the DMG, oh, yes. he would not become lawful evil. He would be lawful neutral. Right. No, it sounds, yeah, okay. Sounds like he's doing this a lot. No, or, you're right. You're or, right. or just neutral good, which sound, I, I would think that's right. not a good act, so he would be lawful neutral. Right. And I, yeah, because I don't know if it's lawful or not. But that's right. You can't go, you cannot that's right. switch more than one alignment. Right. Naturally, right. unless right. it's a thing. So that's, I was just bringing it up. No, that's it, right. That's right. It's a slow descent into. Right. Yeah. It's a terrible act that this person's done. Right, right, right. But they should not be able to go from, where she says lawfully. So that's, I just bring it up because no, people, people may not realize. They may go, oh, yeah, law, that is a lawful evil act. They should be lawful evil. In the DMG, it does not allow that to happen normally. If a player decides to start acting contrary to their alignment, they don't go to the alignment that you dictate. They move towards right. that. It's like, this is not your first grade. Right. You, got, you, you didn't do too well in that quiz. Right. So you're like dropping down. Now you're in the B range. Yes. And you get to do back you're in the a, next test. A, Right, and you could go back to A potentially. Right, but you can't. You can't go from A to F. But 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 you do lose your paladin status Absolutely. immediately. Yes, as soon as you're not lawful good, you are done. Right. Okay. Uh, yes, that's right. The paladin. Right. Exactly. That's the, yeah. The, the part she's correct is he it is that character is not a paladin anymore. The the thing I wanted to mention is that in the DMG. It does not allow from going from one alignment to another that's not on the chart. You have to go, there's a chart right. that you have to follow, and you can't just bounce back and forth, save uh, magical means. You're like, you're like the union rep. You're like, whoa, 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 right. DM. Right. You like step in, you're like, no, no, no. You do not have the authority right. to immediately change his alignment right. to lawful evil. Right. Pen, pen, I want an injunction. For this. Right, right. We go into arbitration on this right. one. Right, he is not lawful. You know, he's not lawful evil. We we recognize that he f- he fails on the. Uh, you know, he's not a pallet anymore. He's stripped pending you know final judgment. But uh, he should. We we do. 
We do have a dispute. We have a grievance that we want to file related to the rendering him lawful evil. Right, because, right. There should, you, should, you should write that up for the next flipping and turning, like the grievance procedure for players and DMs. <laughs> that would solve things, you know what I mean? That might oh, help, right? No. Like, look, because then you just say, as DM, look, you got a problem well, with that ruling? Uh, file a grievance. So that would require session. That, a, we don't really had sessions here back in first session. Now we would have to because that's when the contract would have to be written, the uh, collective bargaining agreement. We could be like the arbitrators. People could submit their grievances to us. Hire us. Right. So first, if you have it running a game, you have to set up a collective bargaining agreement between management, the DM, and the players, which are the workers. And they have to, they have to unionize. They have to have a vote, correct? We mm-hmm. have to, are you going to fill all this out? Are you like the labor board now? Yeah, so that's right. You'll have to write. The, the players will have to unionize. Right. They have to, well, they have to file an intent to unionize. Right, and then they'll have a vote. Right. If not everyone may want to be in the union. And, and the DM may probably will have meetings with the players going, you don't want to unionize. This is all the things right. we can't, I can't do for you. If you want to be lawful evil, right. I can't do that. Right. I cannot do that if you unionize. Because these, these are the rules now, buddy. Right. I got to exactly. file these. Right. Do you want this? Right. You, do, do, do you want armor, do you want weapon type? Right, exactly. Adjustment and armor class. Once we agree to it, that's what's going to happen. Um, now the panel. And they'd show videos of this is this is a union D and D game, and this is a non-union D and D game. And and we charge. So there's going to be dues. I mean, they have to pay money for the because grievances are so expensive. Right, and they go on strike. They need scrub DMs to come or whatever management. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole things that could go involved with that. Is it fair to say that you need to though play? Based upon the ruling of the DM, you file the grievance after the. You can't stop the game to file a grievance. You know what no. I mean? You, you, right. The game continues. If we can remedy the problem, we will. Right. But the game continues. The game continues uh, at that point, again, depending on. Well, obviously, the, the, re- the remedy for the uh, players is to stop playing. They can do a work stoppage. Oh. Well, hold on a second. If, so, and I know it was somebody, right? So, so Paul mentioned that it's forever, right? Uh, it, it says they lose. It does. It does say. It said if a paladin should ever knowingly and willingly perform an evil act, he or she loses the status of paladin immediately and irrevocably. All benefits are then lost, and no deed or magic can restore the character to paladin. He or she is ever after a fighter. This is on page twenty-two. I thought I saw somewhere, and I know you just read it. I know Gene Wells just said it, but I thought I saw somewhere. Where you could go on a quest to get it back, but yes, but I think get, that's that may be in the DMG. Well, that's very interesting because the player's handbook says it's a, it's irrevocable. You're done. Right. I really wish we had a PDF to kind of look this up. That would be helpful. I like pawing. Don't like pawing. I do. It's, that is the name of our magazine that Rob does such a wonderful job. Well, maybe somebody on the chat can point us in the direction of if there's somewhere where... I do recall what Paul, and I agree with Paul, that it says in the player's handbook, which you just wrote, it's irrevocable. But I also feel like at some point that... Um, quest? There was some kind of questing. Let me see. I'll look at Paladins. In pa- 18, Probably the on page ones. 18 on the DMG. Bold is DMG, I believe, right? Let me see. Oh, the Paladin's war horse. Well, that's not helping. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I thought. I thought you. I mean, they mention about how you could get your alignment back, but it doesn't say specifically about uh, Paladin's. Paladin. Yeah, apparently you're done. Unless someone points us in. If involuntary, Ron Christian is involuntary changing alignment, the Paladin can do the quest. If it's involuntary. involuntary. Yeah, it was supposed to be involuntary. You get a, a helm of chain. Oh, okay. You get oh. a cursed item or something that does Oh, that. okay. So then but this was voluntary. Okay, so you're done. All right. Fair enough. You just blew those rolls. But now you're just a fighter. You're a disgraced fighter. All right. You know what it reminds me of? Like those guys that we saw get arrested at the show last right. night. It's like, what wow. What a waste of time. You have the show. You got the roles to be a paladin. Right. You're and da- you just blew it. On the floor. They were on the floor. Right. They paid a lot more money than we did. And you just blew it. You really blew it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I like this other one, too. Because it's just it's so interesting, the mindset of game. In Gods, Demigods, and Heroes, which is apparently uh, one of the Greyhawk. Oh, the prior ones. Prior yeah, ones. right. It says that a 40-plus level character is ridiculous. In our game, we have two characters that are 1,000-plus level. 
This happened in Armageddon, a conflict between the gods and the characters. Of course, the characters won. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I think that's ridiculous. I think those characters should be immediately retired. Ridiculous. I mean, what's more to be said? But not, answer not much. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I will repeat, a 40-plus level character is ridiculous. There you go. We feel that you must advance one level at a time, not a whole bunch at once. I don't understand how or what happened, or even if all the gods were in, the, in this battle. But if you enjoy playing this, feel free to do so. I don't want to spoil your fun. Aw, very nice. Well, that is true. Being a little gracious there, well, as opposed I mean, to saying you're morons. Well, but let's face it. At the end of the day, if you're having fun, you're having fun, right? That is, I mean, if everyone's okay with that. I think you, I agree. One more. Maybe a couple more. I think you know this. But I wanted to check. Can a magic mouth spell be programmed to say a spell? Oh, I assume the answer's got... I don't know the answer, but I assume the answer's got to be no. I mean, it's just mouth's words. It doesn't have the brain. Final magic answer? User. Yeah, final answer. You're correct. No, it states this clearly in the spell description, and I quote, it cannot speak magic spells. Oh, okay. So apparently in 1979, the people didn't... They kind of have a tendency that someone I work with, they read the first part of it, and then they think about, wait a minute, can I cast a spell? And then they don't read the rest of the thing. That's ridiculous. That's, it is ridiculous. At least I don't pen a letter. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to keep reading. I'm just going to write a letter and wait weeks to figure this out. I'd like to think I'd finish reading before I write the letter. I think you would. Uh, I want to find that repent or die guy. That's a good idea. If any, anyone in Indiana, well, Josh and... Um, Aggie, they're in Indiana. Maybe they know that person. It'd be very hard to confirm that that's the real guy, but I'd like to try to find him. Um, all right, that's good enough. Let's move on. That's, uh, that was some good, good sagacity. And, of course, Gene Wells, who unfortunately passed, that was, that, was, that was some good stuff there. Appreciate that. How about command words? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh. But you've got to be wielding. Well, what do command words do? They obviously are used for wands. Right. Wands, I mean, staves, is some, it like, some words, some things. Is the wand like hanging out of its mouth like well, a let's cigarette? Look, let's look up use of command words. It says it down here. This is why it's an interactive show, folks. But why, I say, why am I not saying the command word? Why aren't you? Why do I need a magic mouth to say command so word? So you could do something tricky, like you could have a wand of fireball there in the trap. But don't you have to, like, how do wands work? You don't have to hold it. Well, I'm looking under command words, page 119. In order to use a rod, staff, or wand, it's usually necessary to know the proper command word. There are several possible ways to acquire it. If the item is in the possession of the opponent, it may be possible they used it directly, blah, 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 blah. Such information is coordinate. If none of these sources, yeah, it doesn't really tell me a whole lot. The, the question is, do you have to hold the magic item in, and utter the command word for it to launch? And I would say yes. So, like, let's say the command word is... Butterscotch. Butterscotch, right. And you've got your wine laying on the counter. Right. And all kitchen p- counter. people just say, hey, I'd like some butterscotch. And then, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I don't know. I don't know. So now the question goes, what do you use a magic mouth for? Well, you scare so, people, intruders, alarm. Right. That's typically what it's used for. Right. He's not really... He's not really being used to say a lot, right? right? He's just kind of spooky and alarms, but like right. what he's actually saying is not particularly valuable, right? Magic Mouse, they don't, they, they're just programmed to say whatever. Right. They can't say, they don't recognize, it can't be like elf, if it's an elf, or dwarf, if it's dwarf, correct? They just say a word. Yes, that's right. It's pre-programmed. Yes, It's just correct. a tape, it's a loop, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. But the idea would be if you had a trap with, I don't know, a wand of fireballs there, you could, the mouth would say the word and the, cause the fireball to go off. Right. I understand, yeah. Or, you know, you have this magic item that requires a command word. So it's, ha-ha. But I don't think. It's, I think it would just be easier to have uh, some, you, the DM just say that there's a, when the trap goes off, a fireball goes off. Correct. So you don't have file a grievance over right. the magic How did this happen? Well, and that, that goes back to, because then you literally have back to the grievance thing. How does that show me in the books how you could do that? So I have DM fiat. Well, no, that's not acceptable. That's that's like management prerogative. We we don't accept that. I agree. Very good. Very good. All right. 
so that was that. Now we are ready for the Artifact Roadshow. Did you pre-do this then, the Artifact Roadshow? I am going to pre-do this right now. What do we do in the Artifact Roadshow? The Artifact Roadshow is the segment of the show in which we randomly roll a magic item, and I bring that item to James, who tries to identify the right. item. And you know what? We're going to, you know, I'm going, I'm switching to the miscellaneous items. You're forcing, you're forcing a roll. Well, don't you think? Well, yes. Well, no, I'm not really forcing a roll. It is still going to be random. Okay. Uh, and so I am rolling on the table. Okay. I have got the item. Excellent. Do you need a prop? Is there a prop for it? I do not think that there is a prop that I'm scanning. I see some moonshine. I see what looks like some pasta sauce. Right. I do not see an item that I could. That's appropriate for this. Well, because once I go to the miscellaneous items, then, you know, it gets a little bit harder right. to do, right? Because you just got all of the. All right. That could be a nice patron thing. Actually, please don't send me all the miscellaneous items. I don't have room for all that on my shelf. Yeah, you're really going to end up looking like a creepy <laughs> attic, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, you're ready. I am ready. Welcome to Artifact Roadshow. I'm Jim. How are you today? Hey, 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 so I'm Mel. How you doing? Hey, Mel. Doing great. How you doing? What brings you here to the Artifact Roadshow? Yeah, so, well, you know, so I'm from, uh, I'm from... Uh, Terre Haute? Terre Haute, yep, yep. Repent or die, dude, repent <laughs> or die. Have you heard of me? Uh, I have. <laughs> I got a 40th level paladin. It uh, rips face, face, face off. My name's Face Ripper. I got a question for you before we get on to this Artifact business. So, like... I would be ripping the faces off of orcs, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I did was, it sounds like the kind of people you meet at a game store and they tell you this stuff, right? And you're like, please stop. So what I would do is I'd, I, would, I would put a ring of regeneration on the orc, ah. and I'd rip his face off, ah. and it'd grow back. And I keep saying, repent or die, and I keep doing it. You know and what? my DM did next, like that. Uh, next. Next. This. <laughs> hey, 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 unhand me. <laughs> uh, hello. I was <laughs> Hello, thanks. Sorry about the disturbance with the last guy. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. Hi, hi. My name's Gene. Hi, Gene. <laughs> How are you today? What brings you to the Artifact Roadshow? So I have a, uh, so um, I have some jewelry. Scratch. <laughs> I have uh, some jewelry that was gifted to me. Oh. By my grandmother. Grandmother, very nice. Yes. And, uh. Uh, I think it might be uh, valuable. It's a little, it's a little tarnished. Okay. And I was concerned about. I was told that oftentimes it's bad to clean it mm. because sometimes the patina makes it more valuable. And if you clean items, sometimes right. it actually reduces its value. Well, what history do you know of the item? Uh, you said you got it from your grandmother, but you don't. Do you know any of the background of how she acquired it? Uh, yes. So, so my understanding is that. She was an adventuresome woman, which was unusual for yeah. back then. There weren't that many female. Right. It was the 70s, and there weren't that many female adventurers at that time. And so she, um, she would wear this jewelry. It okay. was, and, and here it is. Here it is. Ooh. And it, and it looks, just to let you know, what it, let me make sure I got my descriptions. So it, 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 it's kind of thick, as you can see, mm -hmm. and it, it's goldish. And you would put it around your wrist. You see, there's oh. an opening there. Mm -hmm. And so she would wear this as jewelry. Uh, and uh, she says it was sort of her lucky charm that it, she felt that this gave her protection. Oh. If she was ever attacked, that this would give her some sort of protection. And of course, you know, that's ridiculous, of course. Right. So but, very superstitious, it sounds like. Very superstitious. And uh, so she, she retired at. She was very, very, very accomplished. I'll tell you exactly what she was. She retired. You know what kind of profession she was? Yeah, so what, what, what my mother told me, my mother told me that... You better shop around. My mother, my, my mother told me that she had been a gallant 
but apparently something about a graph and straying, uh-huh. and she ended up retiring as a uh, as a swashbuckler. Ooh, a swashbuckler. So that's what. So I don't know what any of that means, but so right. she was a swashbuckler, and she would win. Randy the swashbuckler. Randy the swashbuckler, and so um, I think that this is a valuable piece of jewelry. But a little tarnished. And a little tarnished, and I, I tend to wear, I wear it. I wear it when I go out. You do. Well, sure. And and beautiful. Do you feel oh, it is? It's a little. It's a little. Obviously, it's got that rich patina on yes. it. Uh, your your grandmother was obviously a woman of substance because it kind of dangles off you there. So she yeah she was a she was a thick boned woman. <laughs> a big bone. So uh, well, a uh, couple one one other couple of questions. So. She survived her, her profession, right? She was able to retire. She did. She said that she always felt this brought her a lot of luck, that she mm-hmm. said that it was uh, uh, very hard to hit her, apparently. Okay. Um, Has anyone tried to punch you in the face with these on, and have they been able to hit you? I, they did try to. I, yes, I was, I was mugged once. Oh, really? I was mugged by a couple of half-orcs. And I, uh, yes, they, they swung at me, and they, they missed, which surprised me, and I fled like a hellcat. You fled like a oh, That's right, in, in, at night. <laughs> at night. This was at night, yes. I remember that story of the night hellcat. Yes. It's terrible what happened with the spider. The face spider, I heard about that. That was yes. terrible. So, uh, I, I, and that, the one final question is, she did survive her profession, that's, that's a good sign, and... You also didn't, she didn't feel like, uh, she didn't use it for, was she much of an archer or did she fight with you know, her profession? Did, was she good with weapons, swords, or more bows and stuff like that? No, she generally, she went in, she, she fought, uh, she had a big battle axe. We called it Granny's. I still have it. I should have brought that too. She uh, was a battle axe or she had a battle axe? <laughs> oh, that's very funny. You're a funny man. Thank you. What are you You're doing after? Hey, well, you know. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to the Mad Wizard's house. Apparently, there's uh, got a love connections that he's working on. Nice. It's, it's a singles place. Yeah. If you're single, you might want to stop by there. Oh, thank you very you much. May, you may find a, you know, a Rush Casa who favors human flesh. It's it's certainly tempting. <laughs> um. So uh, so yeah. So she she would fight with a big battle axe, and she would wear this jewelry, uh-huh. and she and and she attributed and nothing else, I assume. She was probably naked. Very strange, Mazer. I thought you're manager. <laughs> no, I, I'm the manager. <laughs> I thought I, I'm definitely not. Well, based on the pack back then, unfortunately, the, like you said, women were forced. Women, women professionals would have to be forced to wear, you know, like these chainmail bras and and pants, yeah. whereas men could wear very comfortable tunics and stuff. I didn't very often. She didn't have a lot of options. No, that's right. So uh, she, she attributed the fact that she could retire as a swashbuckler to the fact that she had worn the, this jewelry, uh, these, 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 this wrist jewelry. Okay. So, um, is, so uh, may I look at them? Oh, sure. Oh, well, yes. These are, these are one, it's a wonderful example. Um, now, th- these are from the Valley of the Mage. This is kind of, st- uh, originally these were designed for... Uh, higher level spell casters, people, so that because spell casters, due to the nature of their magic, they're unable to wear a lot of protective armor. But this could be used by anyone. And so your your grandmother was very smart to have this because you can run away quickly, which probably helps. Well, you're not laden down with armor. Probably some of her male peers in their full oh. armor, they got tr- stopped by the Hellcat, where she could run at the same speed as a Hellcat. And- very smart woman she was. Oh, she was indeed. Right. So uh, I would have to do some testing of this to know the actual value. This is, I think I'm pretty clear. So would you like me to swing at you? No, is no, it no, like no. a battle? Do you have no. a sword I can swing I, at we, you with? Well, we're gonna we have a list of. Uh, well, actually, I was gonna ask you to put on these various armor and then switch between the this items and see which one would be able to hit. So uh, is there maybe there's somebody I can tell you maybe there is somebody out. Um, if you've got somebody, I'd be happy to watch a demonstration if you want. I've oh, got yeah, the sure. time. Sure. Okay. Take so, it on out there. Yeah. Well, if, if we'll, we'll bring, uh, we have some interns that uh, will put on various pieces of armor. And actually, we'll have one person with the armor on and one person with the, uh, this, this jewelry. 
and we'll see what happens. So if we we do that, we start with uh, someone wearing just having a shield and this armor, and right. we both try to whack at them after a couple of times. And do we notice a trend that the, the yeah? So in in everyone's professional painting out there after being pummeled to right comes out right gets an idea of what. His best estimate would be that it seemed to be the equivalent of chain mail. Oh, okay. Chain mail. Very good. It's a very, very, that's a pretty decent. So in my, so I, I assume you want to know how much this is worth. Well, what is, what, yeah, what is it? I don't understand. I'm very confused. Why were you, do you think so? Is this, because I was told that this was, this was maybe a, a gauntlet of, of, of luck, like a, like a, a luck gauntlet. A luck? Is what I was told, because right. she always said it brought her a lot of luck. So were you guys, I'm very, I, that was superstitions. I'm very confused as to what just you guys were doing out there. Why were you having people attack that guy over a piece of jewelry? Well, when, he lost a bet. That's typically what happens. So anyone who loses a bet, we, this oh, is just, what we do. Though. It's just a joke. Well, it's not a joke. We also found out that this, again, the magic users from the Valley of the Mage imbued uh, the Dwemer to allow that these, these, these are actually bracers. They're not gauntlets. What is imbued? Imbued, it's right. Uh, and what does Dwemer mean? I just I use these terms right. to show how fancy I am. Yes. I, I was originally in law, but then I moved to oh. art, artifacts, so I, I have to use words that people don't understand. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. So it's I get paid more by doing that. So these are bracers, and they provide protection, and they are equivalent to chainmail, which is a you know uh, they range from very weak to extremely powerful uh, protection. This is kind of better than uh, a little better than average. Uh, for that, and it's again, it's like it's like wearing chainmail armor, but instead you're wearing two bracers, and so you can clean them up. But certainly, it looks kind of cool when they have this rich patina on them from the years of battle that your grandmother uh, used it. So I would say these are bracers uh, of defense. They're called armor class five. This is a looks like a CY five thirty six model. I read the back here. There's a little uh, engraving uh, from the Valley of the Mage. Uh, so that's, you know, it's a mid-year model. And um, I would say if you took this to auction, um, it would be worth about 10,000 gold pieces. Okay, wow. And how much should I uh, insure this for? Uh, probably 10,000 gold pieces. <laughs> and so should I wear, wow, so should I wear this out and about? Like just for, you know, if I go out late at night alone? Uh, well, I would, if you're going to wear it, I would probably cover them because if people realize that they were this, they would try to kill you. Oh, I got you. And then take them from you. So maybe wear like a big Renaissance dress right. to cover exactly. it. Yeah, I, don't go naked like your grandmother. Wow, well, thank 15, 10,000. 10,000, that's what I think. Wow. 10 to 15,000, but uh, I'm going to say 10,000. Thank you, thank you. All right. All right, James, very good. You are absolutely correct. They were bracers of defense. Okay, thank you. The value is, it is 3,000, 3, well, no, no, per AC above 10. So 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 5 so it would have been 15,000. Ah. 5,000 per uh, number above AC 10. So you did quite well. You were quite close, a little undervalued on two, that. Two, I, was, I was thinking, is it 2,000 per plus or 3,000? That was my, I went with two. But you brought up a good point, which I had not thought about, which will, because we do typically think of those as only being very relevant for magic users who can't wear armor, but you brought up a good point, which is you can wear those. Is there, I guess there is a slight advantage to wearing armor in lieu, right? Because, you know, well, but it's still protection. I mean, it gives me physical protection, meaning if you throw something at me. It's the same armor class as if you're wearing chainmail. Oh, is that right? So it's exactly as if I was wearing it. It's almost like my hive, a Correct. magical equivalent. Right. You're wearing, you're, you're effectively wearing chainmail. Oh, wow. So it's not just a to hit bonus. Right. But the, advan- the only advantage I can think of uh, for magic armor. Now, again, ch- yeah. so in this case, it would be... A- AC5, that would be, if you had magic armor, let's say ringmail plus one. Ringmail's uh, AC6 plus one is AC5. The advantage is there are some saving throws which you can use the magic pluses for it if it's related to dodging or, or taking damage. Oh, right. You can potentially use the plus there where you would get no plus 
on the bracers. Oh, but so, yes, that's very interesting. So, yes, if I find bracers, yeah, get rid of the armor. I owe my, every character, if I find bracers, I typically would use them instead because you can move at 12. Yeah. Six or nine. Very interesting. And um, unlike a shield, again, depending on what, how good they are, uh, you know, they, they, you, don't, you don't get the rear penalty if you don't lose your shield. If you're, so let's say you have ring mail and shield. That's AC5. If they attack from the rear, they get plus the hit, but they also don't get use of the shield, where at least with this you would... Okay. I learned something. Yes, you cannot use them in combination of armor. Correct. So braces the defense, not just for magic, not just right. for They magic typically users. go to them because that's the only choice they have. Sure. And they work well with rings of protection. So, and if they have a high dex, your, your magic user goes from one of the crappiest armor classes to one of the best armor classes. Okay, okay. can you keep your dex bonus? Yes. Okay. I like it. Okay. And, you, and the other advantages from an encumbrance perspective. You're not starting. You can carry more crap. Right. So bracer's defense is good for everyone. Yeah, and you're not noisy. Right. So that you're not clunking around in the plate. I mean, if you had some awesome like plate AC2 or whatever, I mean, bracer's AC2. Right. You're not clunking around in plate mail. You're not, and, and shield. Plate mail and shield's AC2. Yeah. Oh, and they're, of course, they're really good for thieves, too. They're good for... There is no one... If, if you have a choice between armor yeah. and that, unless it's like plate mail of etherealness or something that's really tremendous, except for the pluses for saving throws, bracers are always better. But typically, you don't find as many, uh, and usually they're weaker. So what the parties I've been with, the best ones go to the magic users, the second one goes to the thief, and then depending on other people. So are there bracers AC9? Yeah. I believe so. It's one better. It's true. If you were 10. If you were 10. For like the human. So I can make like a nice Christmas gift for like the human, just the zero level human. Right. Oh, Bracer's AC9. Yes. So, you know, people have said you cannot use armor with it. You can't like use it and on top of that. But you can use cloaks of protection and rings of protection. So uh, it's a way to get your armor class up there. So, yes, very good. Uh, I think we are now ready for Have You Ever, the final Have You Ever played an assassin going after rescuing a queen who you've made betray or not. Correct. This is the segment of the show where we go through Have You Ever played a one-eyed, half-orc cleric assassin in a captured city from flipping and turning magazine issue number seven, not on sale at your local no, it's not on sale at your local store. If you want to get it, you have to go to Smoldering Dung Games. It's free for download, but if you want a hard purchase, that would always be nice to help out uh, those folks over at Smoldering Dung. You should do that. And this is the a portion where you get to choose what action to take. Like right. Choose your own adventure, see how you do. Right, exactly. Based upon our friend Kelly Villamere's. Well, it was based on Kelly. This is Rob. This is Ross, but it was based on Bright. So the idea with Kelly Villamere's back in the day from First Encounter Magazine. And Rob Ritchie, editor-in-chief, has done an amazing job uh, with this one. And we are at the ultimate uh, installment of this segment. So you you are trying to save Queen Mabel. You have infiltrated the uh, dungeon. And yes. if I recall correctly, we battled a gelatinous. Gelatinous? Gelatinous cube. Yeah. Uh, gelatinous cube. And you are now ready to save Queen Mabel. So here we go. You quickly find yourself in an area of the dungeon where prisoners are taken to be tortured. The area is lit with smoking torches thrust into wall sconces. Very. There is a heavy animal smell. And you can hear the sound of growling and snuffling in the room at the end of the corridor. Oh, wait a second. Hold on a second. No, no, no. We did we this did one. We did this one. Uh, my Not I, was just, I was just reading. I just, didn't, I just read in the wrong part. This is the wolves. Or the, exactly. And, and we spoke with them or we did <sighs> exactly show them right. the badge. Or exactly right. Exactly right. So this is right. We got, back, we got by the fierce-looking canines guarding the door. Opening the door quietly, you find yourself in a dark chamber about 30 foot square, lit only by a glowing charcoal brazier, upon which a number of torture implements glow red. A heap of dead bodies, each bearing terrible wounds, 
is piled against the wall to your left. On the far wall, you see the slim, disheveled figure of good Queen Mabel, languishing in manacles and chains, attached to a metal staple in the stone wall. Menacing her with a smoking iron is an enormous, ten and a half foot tall, light blue ogre magi. Uh-oh. Dun, oh, dun, boy. Dun. Oh, hold on. Suspense music. You decide to, I'm going to struggle with this one. I don't know anything about the Ogre Magi. Do you know anything about an Ogre I mean, I'm not saying you to give any hints. I'm just asking you if you know much about an Ogre Magi. I know enough to be dangerous. Got it. Number one. Well, number one. Cast Resist Cold and Attack with Sword. Okay. Two. Apply Poison to your blade and assassinate the Ogre Magi. Three, assassinate the Ogre Magi. Four, apply poison to your blade and backstab the Ogre Magi. Five, backstab the Ogre Magi. Six, cast silence 10 foot radius, drink the invisibility potion, and attack the Ogre Magi with sword. Silence. Okay. Seven, drink the invisibility potion and backstab the Ogre Magi. Eight, cast Animate Dead and attack with sword. Nine, cast Silence 10 foot radius and backstab the Ogre Magi. Okay. And ten, the, the ultimate of the ultimate, cast Silence 10 foot radius. Apply poison to your blade and assassinate the Ogre Magi. All right. There are your 10 choices, folks. Resist cold, then attack. Poison assassinate, assassinate, or just plain assassinate. Or cast silence 15 foot poison assassinate, which is number 10. Four is apply poison and backstab. Five is backstab. Six is cast silence and viso then attack seven is drink and backstab eight is animate dead then attack nine is silence 15 and backstab 10 is cast times 15 foot radius poison and assassinate so you have all those choices what are you choosing daniel i am going to choose number two apply poison to your blade and assassinate the ogre magi okay hopefully the ogre magi is not resistant to poison. Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I don't it. recall. We got, oh, we got 10, 10, 10, 7, 7, 6. So you chose two. So I'm alone. This so is not good. I love the idea of, uh, I love the idea of animating dead and then attacking. That just seems like a lot of fun. He's, well, who's dead? Oh, all the, that's right, the pile on the floor. Right. Oh, that's pretty good. So I'm going to go with eight, even though it may not work, but that just sounds super fun. It really does. So I'm going to go with eight. We'll give everyone a couple more seconds to put their answers in. If you want to, this is the final, right? This is the final one, correct? This is it. So this is, you're, you're so close. We are. But uh, so now with that, we are ready for the answers, starting with number one. And number one was res resist cold. Resist cold, then attack with sword. This works well. Take 15 points of damage in the resulting melee. Why is the cold? Resist cold. Well, an ogre magi can cast an ice storm if I remember. Oh, thank you. Two. This was me. Yes. This worked. This works. You kill the ogre magi and take no damage. Congratulations. That's excellent. If only I'd still been alive. Right. I would have won. Three. This was assassinate. The right. ogre magi hits you with a ray of cold. Take 36 points of damage. That's the ray of cold. Ray of cold or cone of cold. Four. Apply poison and backstab. This works well. Take 15 points of damage in the resulting melee. Okay. Five backstab. The Ogre Magi hits you with a ray of cold. Take 36 points of damage. Six. Cast silent foot, then invisible, then attack. This works well. Take 15 points of damage. Uh, seven's drink invisibility and backstab. This also works well, 15 hit points of damage. Eight, animate dead, then attack. This works. You kill the Ogre Magi and take no damage. Yes! 
love that. We ended, if only we'd been alive. We right, both if only we'd been alive, we would have done so much better. Nine, uh, silence, then backstab. This works well. Take 15 points of damage in the resulting melee. Oh, James, I, I have to tell you something. Mm. You have to roll for spell failure. Right. Remember? Yep. 20, I think it fails. Let me see. Where is, due to his low wisdom, how fast is the chance of spell failure? No, I, I wouldn't have spell failure because it's a scroll. I can't, oh. I can't cast animate dead. I'm oh, then you do not have to worry about it right. then. Okay, if it's a scroll, yeah, scrolls are animate dead. You do not have to roll for it. Okay. Um, what number are we on? 10. Cast. Well, you did silence 15 backstab. That worked. 15 points, I think. Now cast 15, silence 15 for raise, poison, and assassinate. This is 10? This is 10. Uh, this works. Kill the ogre mash and take no damage. Ah, so they're all good. everyone. Oh, that was very nice. And well, so as long as you had hit points, right? I mean, obviously, taking 50, 36 hit points of damage. Now, what's interesting of cold, with yeah, that's... ogre magi is ogre magis can fly, if I remember correctly. So typically, that's the problem. They start to fly around and do a bunch of nasty things like that. Why does an ogre magi? Because they're Japanese spellcaster. Are you going to read the whole thing? I think we've done them. I don't know anything about it. No, we have, have we? <laughs> Japanese. I always love when they say Japanese. Like there's Japan in the monster. You know, right. in D and D, there's a Japan. Yes, the the Japan. Uh, hey, you, you remember that? It's past um, the spin, uh, the soul in our ocean. It was by where we were going. We were almost there. They're not as rare elsewhere as they are in this part of the world. They normally seek on to have a place which to lair. If encountered a lair, they will always have a chief of great strength. It would from the following feats of magic. Fly, you are right, become invisible. Oh, they're nasty. Cause darkness. Polymorph to human form. Regenerate once a day. Turn person sleep. Assume gaseous form. Create an array of cold. Wow. Eight, which does eight eight-sided dice of damage unless saving throw is made. Oh, I guess I get complete save. Doesn't say half. Japanese ogres speak their own language. That of normal ogres, common tongue. Their alignment tongue in Japanese. Oh, weird. Um, okay. They're strange. Well, you know, this was the world, this, uh, someone just pointed out, this was the world monster man, because we had Rashkasas, which are from India. Yes. So apparently, you know, that you have Fantasyland, but there's India and China. The Far East. They, they talk about the Far East. Right, and there's spices from the Far East. Right. So that's, the analog is kind of not lost. Wait, does that mean D&D world is just, it's like Earth? It's like Earth. It's like a different time? Of course, it's called Orth. It's literally yeah. called O-E-R-T-H. Right. Greyhawk. Okay. Probably, it looks very European. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Japanese. Oh, uh, oh you're not uh, a fan of Japan? No, yeah. no. I am a fan of the, uh, the, uh, the ogre. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they're just making monsters of legends. I mean, yeah, okay. so why don't you dislike the ogre? Why do you dislike the ogre magi versus the goblin, which is, you know, German or gnome, which are German monsters or whatever creatures that... Torture children or whatever it was, their history. Well, it is true, and I do find the Rakasha entertaining. Right. Yeah, so the Rakasha and the Ogre Magi. Yeah, okay. All right. Enter a bar. Maybe that should have been the love connection. That should have been it. The Far East connection. I see hookahs in the com <laughs> Hookahs and Kama Sutra. There you go. This is big, a bushy, a big production. All rights reserved.